Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Mr. Jerry Springer. Thank you. Thanks, Gene. We're going to, by the way, uh, here in a few minutes, we, we look forward to these each week. They seem to get better and better, Jerry, and I, I'm, that's the truth. Jerry's uh, thought of the week, and uh, there's so much happening as we roll up to this historic election. I think it's an historic election, and so much for Jerry to analyze for us. So we're looking forward to that. We also are very excited. We have Serenity Fisher and the Cardboard Hearts uh, joined by her uh, husband Michael uh, Ronstadt, and that last name might ring a bell. And yes, he is related. He is the nephew of the famous Linda Ronstadt. We're huge fans of hers. And um, but before we do that, by the way, uh, Jerry, Megan Hills got married recently. And Megan, you look a little different. You look uh, well. I got glasses. Wonderful. I got well, glasses. Well, <laughs> well, I thought you look. I thought you look holy. I thought it was a spiritual thing. Yeah, congratulations. It was last week, right? It was last last Saturday. Yeah, we did a a Zoom wedding. And you're still married. We're still married. They said it wouldn't last. They They said said it wouldn't (laughs) last. That is great. No, you know, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, we we know uh, Frank, uh, her husband, and he's a great guy. And we're very excited for both of you. So I joined Jerry and congratulations. I want to kind of pick a bone with you, Jerry. Not a huge deal, but, you know, I'm the executive producer of the show. And I'm always one, and you know this. The only producer, okay? We have no... He's got a team. There are no other producers that you're the executive (laughs) over. It's just you. It's just you and your little notepad. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, as you, as you know, one of the things that I like about me and my approach to executive producing is I know how to stay in my lane. And I kind of count on my team to do the same. But a, a few months ago, Uh-oh. you came on the air and you had, the, oh, I got this big idea. It's going to be great. And I had, yeah, you know, he's pushing into my lane. You know, he's organizing to you. No warning. Oh, I think we should have a listener of the month and every month we'll make a big deal out of a listener of the month and we'll have him or her on and we'll interview them. That wasn't my idea. That was all you. I said, that's a stupid idea. I said, the listener of the month is our only listener. Every (laughs) month it'll be (laughs) Two months. We got two. If your brother didn't listen, we'd have nobody. Maybe Bye. that explains why we've only had one listener of the month and about four months had passed. Okay, I, I've forgotten. Maybe that was my idea, so never mind. Hey, uh, Bonnie and I have been traveling America and visiting national parks and car camping, as we call it, not backpacking. I do that. She doesn't prefer backpacking, but she's very, very happy as I am car camping. Uh, sit around a campfire every night. By the way, I cook all the meals on these camping deals. We were at uh, 
in Virginia, I don't know, a few weeks back, Shenandoah National Park. We're headed down to Coomer Ridge, which is uh, actually National Forest, but another great place. I think we're going to be going out to uh, Arizona, Utah. And Michael, I know uh, M Michael Ronstadt has uh, family uh, relationships to Tucson, Arizona, and that's kind of where we're going to be headed, uh, I think, here in the near future and do some camping down there. So it's fantastic. The leaves are changing. It's beautiful. It's outside, so it's far safer with COVID-19. Would you and Mickey join us? That's kind of what I'm leading up to. Do you guys want to join us? No. Just as simple as that. <laughs> Just a quick no. Yeah. Do, do, we, do we have a choice? <laughs> no. Well, but, 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 no. But, uh, well, yeah. Well, why, you know, my thought would be, I mean, Tucson's a beautiful city. Uh, yes. So, you know, we would fly there. And do they have a Ritz there? <laughs> well, they, they very well might. They probably have some nice hotels. Or there. maybe the Tucson Four Seasons. Is there, you know. There, there may be. I can't remember. It's been a long Yeah. <laughs> well, well <laughs> if, if, yeah, if I can get some information of that. Uh, mm -hmm. But why, yes. would, why would you drive all that way? And you would, and you probably would think of building the campfire in the middle of the room or something. You know, it really is seriously. And you have camp, Jerry. I know you have. And you've done With you done camping, as we call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it really is. Uh, man, it is kind of so cool. beautiful. Yeah. And our national parks. I just want to, you know, sort of give a tip of the hat to America's national parks. They are phenomenal. And and yep. every one you got. I had never been to Shenandoah. And every one you go into is so beautiful, so well managed, uh, pristine. And, you know, I urge, I urge listeners, uh, with COVID, you know, the science says outside is not 100% safe, but it's certainly much safer. And when you're in proximity, wear a mask and all of that. But uh, so it's a safer place to be in. Uh, so anyway, hey, they Jerry. are beautiful. Yeah, they are beautiful. Yeah. They really are. Hey, serious question. I'm not joking here because you're you have and again, this isn't a joke. I'm very uh, to a to a fault uh, preoccupied with kind of outdoorsy stuff and all of that and hiking and biking and everything. So I have been not to all the national parks, uh, but I've been to quite a few of them over my lifetime with my family, some, some on my own, on backpacking trips. You probably, it's not a put down, but just a different lifestyle. You probably haven't been, you, you certainly don't check off every national park you've been to. You don't have stickers on your Bentley of all the national parks, like on your back window. <laughs> we don't have stickers on the Bentley, period. Period. <laughs> 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 like you, you don't, don't have a sticker that says you don't put a sticker on a Bentley, right? So you won't find uh, uh, been to seven caves a sticker like that on the back of your Bentley. Hey, here's a question: I do you have? And, and actually, I'm going to ask this. It's prejudicial. You should have. You do you have a, a Biden Harris bumper sticker on your Bentley? Actually, what we do have is on the inside window, so it's not yeah. sticking on the fine finish of the Bentley <laughs> yeah. or, or on Mickey's car. 
we have uh, a, a Biden-Harris sign. And uh, so, yes. And actually, actually, we have on both cars the magnet uh, uh, Biden-Harris um, sign. Uh, good for you. So it's, what about you know, Eugene? Uh, anyway, Jerry, I wanted to ask you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In I fact, to ask you this. I was going to even wear. Question. What's on the back? We even have T-shirts. We have Biden Harris T-shirts, and Mickey has a cap and a button. And when we went grocery shopping today, we wore it into the grocery store. We had to put our signs up inside our house because the HOA won't allow signs in the yard. So yeah, we've got them on our fronts and on our front windows yeah. just to make all of our neighbors angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have that situation as well. Uh, yeah. 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 So, well, we have, uh, we, well, good we are you. living in an area, sadly, um, in our immediate community. Yeah. It's all, it's all Trump. I mean, you know, I, you know, I think Trump's going to get wiped out in the election, but, down in this area, he's very, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, he's, he's got, so there are a lot of bumper signs. In fact, right outside, there was a rally. I don't know if I talked to you about it last week, but Mickey no. and I went to the Saturday morning rally uh, ah. in, in downtown Sarasota. Okay. And there were a whole bunch of us and we were holding up the, the signs and this elderly woman is driving by. Yeah. And we're just holding up the sign. We're not screaming. We're just doing nothing. And this yeah. senior citizen woman, my age, uh -huh. drives by, rolls down the window, and gives us the finger. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, no, that's interesting. Now, Jerry, I mean, was really, that because it was you? Joke, well, <laughs> or, was it the or was it because it was? The sign that you were holding. It could have been, or she could have been saying, I'm number one. But <laughs> no, what, but it really, the joking aside, yeah. what type of a human being? I mean, what, she probably has grandchildren. She probably goes to church on Sunday. What kind of a human being, if you're holding up a sign, it doesn't say Trump sucks or anything like that, just Biden Harris holding yeah. up the sign. And she drives by and bothers to give us the finger. That I is mean, pretty interesting. And, yeah, and that's, I, in, that's in Sarasota, Florida, which, and you are not, I, I'm 100% sure, uh, the only Biden-Harris supporters, but it's overwhelmingly Republican, right? Uh, the area is. Actually, area. Sarasota City has a pretty good Democratic uh, okay. population. So, yeah, we're not alone out there. But but overwhelmingly in the particular four or five block area where we are, it's when we go on our bike rides, it's mostly Trump signs, mm. you know. And we yeah. we have a we have a, a Biden sign there. So every morning we get up to see if someone ripped it down. But so far we're okay. Mm -hmm. Oh man! Wow. So wait, you have a Biden hair sign in your front yard? Yeah, we're allowed to put um, okay. federal signs up, not local, because they don't gotcha. want it. Yeah. So, uh, oh, well, but they yeah. have to come up three days. They have to come off three days after the election. Gotcha. That's pretty good. Good for you, Jerry Springer. I'm not surprised at all. I'm kind of joking, but you're uh, people who don't know this about you. You're you you are not only very political for your own interests because you've held offices and run for offices, but you've all and and Mickey too. Mickey is, and so is my wife. Uh, 
very involved in this election emotionally for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, so good for you and Mickey. Hey, uh, let me ask you something. Uh, there is so much going on. Uh, as you, you know, so this is, we're recording this on October the 13th to give you an idea. And we're right in the midst of Supreme Court hearings. And but there's so much. It, that's just one thing going on. There's so much going on with Trump and his COVID-19 diagnosis and his reaction to it, blah, blah, blah. What, what, are your, what have you focused on this week uh, to share with us? Okay, well, uh, I wrote something out here. Um, All right. At the, at, the end of, at the end of last week's vice presidential debates, both Senator Kamala Harris and Vice President Pence dodged the question they were asked. In fact, it was the question the men at the top of their respective tickets have been refusing to answer all along. Trump and Pence refused to answer whether they will abide by the election results. Biden and Harris refused to answer whether they will move to increase the size of the Supreme Court if the Republicans push through the appointment of Amy Coney Barrett during this election. Their dodging of these questions may be annoying, but they are hardly of moral equivalency. Trump's avoidance of will you abide by the election results is an outrage. The only answer is, of course, you can't have democracy if you don't respect election results. On the other hand, regarding Biden's dodge, you can have democracy if your Supreme Court happens to have 15 members rather than nine. It's not a big deal. Indeed, you can't compare the effect of their refusals to answer. Trump's is, a down, is downright dangerous. Biden's refusal is merely political. Let me explain. I understand why Biden dodges the issue, because recognizing the danger Trump is to America and everything we stand for, it would be political and moral malpractice to lose this election because you aided Trump in diverting attention away from his handling of the COVID pandemic, healthcare, our economic meltdown, and his instigating racial injustice. You see, the overriding issue in this election, beyond all else, is getting Trump out of the White House. Then we can discuss and decide how big our Supreme Court should be. So Biden shouldn't discuss it now but I'm not running for president, so I can. And I'll admit, I've gone back and forth on this issue. On the one hand, the Supreme Court has been nine justices since 1869. And yes, FDR did try to change it in 1937 when a right-wing court was trying to undo the safety net of all the New Deal legislation. So he tried to expand the court with more liberal justices who would thwart the reactionary court of that time. But even then, some Democrats resisted that effort. They cited the historical tradition of this third branch of government, not to mention the danger of uh, politicizing this branch, putting it at the mercy of the momentary political majority, thereby losing its independence. And that argument can be persuasive though it should be pointed out that the court was not always nine seats. 
So there's nothing in the Constitution that requires that number. It's been as few as six. And in 1863, during the Civil War, Lincoln and the Republicans increased the size of the Supreme Court to 10 to cement an anti-slavery majority. Thank God they did. But it's true, since 1869, nine seats have become pretty well established. And I was coming down on the side of respecting that tradition, even if it meant having a court that ruled against my views. But I'm changing my mind. You see, if Mitch McConnell and the Republicans are successful, even if unfairly, in pushing through the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court, thereby making the court solidly conservative, six to three, with stated intentions of overturning Roe versus Wade, among other personal freedoms and liberties, we're faced with the dilemma of conflicting values, of which side of the argument has the higher moral standing. We could honor tradition and keep the court the size it is, nine seats, but then live with the reality for the next generation or two that women won't have the right to control their own bodies, voting rights won't be protected, and other blatant injustices. Or we can protect women and minorities and learn to live with the Supreme Court of, say, 15 members. I mean, how awful would that be? Would a 15-member court mean that we no longer have a democracy? That they'd be no longer in America? Of course not. And an argument could even be made that a larger Supreme Court would be less vulnerable to the political winds of the moment because any one death or resignation wouldn't change the entire complexion of the court as it does now. Now, I know conservatives who want to reverse Roe versus Wade often say it's a bad decision, incorrectly reached, and as Justice Scalia once said, if you want to protect women and give them the right to abortion or freedom over their own bodies, well, then pass a constitutional amendment. Well, on issues of social, racial, and economic justice, that's not really practical anymore. Because in order to pass a constitutional amendment, you have to have the votes of two-thirds of both the House and the Senate, and then ratified by the state legislatures of three-quarters of our 50 states. Well, even though by significant majorities, most people support such amendments, they're all crowded into just a few states. But most states are rural with few people. And the few who do, do live in these states are culturally and politically conservative. So even though most Americans are clearly left of center in how they live and what they believe, though they make up more than 70% of the population, they only really control nine states. So there's no way any progressive constitutional amendment can ever secure the necessary three quarters of our 50 state legislatures. Those days are gone. So simply put, there may be no other realistic remedy to securing the rights of women and minorities that a vast majority of our citizens want other than expanding the size of the Supreme Court. If Republicans don't like that, they should have thought about that before cramming through the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett 
in the middle of an election. Republicans, for political purposes, love to quote the Bible. Well, how about Galatians chapter 6, verse 7? For whatever a man sows, this he will reap. <laughs> Excellent, Jerry. Thanks. Really, Very good. Well said, really. Jerry. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you didn't think I'd ever quote the Bible, did you? Nah, that was out good. of left field, I got to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, all right. Well, thank you, Jerry. And sure. moving on to our musical part of the evening, we are very lucky this evening to have Serenity Fisher and the Cardboard Hearts along with Michael oh, Ronstadt. Hey, welcome, guys. Hey. Everyone. <laughs> Some of you may remember we had Michael uh, on the show a few years ago. Uh, we were just a brand new <laughs> podcast and here he is again and uh michael you have a, a rather famous relative that jean had mentioned at the top of our broadcast she's known by a few people her name is linda a couple. <laughs> <laughs> you know what maybe i mentioned is... it maybe i mentioned it last time but i gave her a key to the city yes wow. yes and uh yeah back in, I 19, she, I, in 1978 yeah I, I i heard that she sleeps with it every night <laughs> All right, so Michael and Serenity, you guys are married. Yes, we are. <laughs> but we don't call each other husband and wife. We call each other our married two. So since I have a public forum, um, because I'm like, why do we have to make it all about gender? So everyone spread married two. There's a hyphen, married hyphen two. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so how long have you been married to? <laughs> uh, for about two years. Yeah, yeah. a little over two, two years. years. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. Um, so the first song that you are going to have uh, played for us this evening is Le Fleur de Vortex. <laughs> Tell me about this title, Serenity. It's kind of a ridiculous title that it's just too late to change, I think, at this point. Um, <laughs> but it's they printed it already. <laughs> so I have a song that's called A Weafage, and the only reason it's called A Weafage is because I was writing out the lyrics and the chords on my computer, and then I needed to save it, so I went da 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 So Fleur, it must have been the first thing that popped into my head, the French word yeah. for flower. And um, so it was Fleur for a long time. And then I ended up, um, I a playwright also, and I had a play, The Vortex of the Great Unknown, that was in the Cincinnati Fringe Festival. And, um, oh, I've done Fringe Festival. Yeah. I love that love stuff. That's great. So <laughs> we ended up using that as our opening song. So it became Fleur de Vortex because the title of the play. So it's, it it's such a long and uninteresting story when people <laughs> ask me that. <laughs> no, I think that's really cool. What, um, what year did you do French Festival? Well, that was our third, uh, my, my playwriting partner, Robin O'Neill, that was our third year uh, we did in 2009. We did, no, 2010, we did a play called Sophie's Dream. We had Opal Opus in 2000, whatever, next. And then Florida Vortex was after that. I mean, Vortex of the Great Unknown. And, okay, I'm going to say something. I don't ever do this, but all three of them won the audience pick of the Fringe Festival. Oh, very hey. awkward for me to tell you that, but my inner voice yeah, that's was, really cool. was saying, just say it. <laughs> yeah, good. That's very cool. I was lucky enough to be a part of the very first one. So that's cool. Oh, wow. All right. So you guys have... Um, a version of La Fleur de Vortex for us? Yes, we do. Let's hear it. Awesome. And again, this is Serenity Fisher and the Cardboard Hearts. I am not the one you think I am With a sweet little demeanor that's paled again 
and the sun and the sun and the sun and the rain. I do not trust the other ones, the ones with muscle, fire and gun. I will outrun, outrun the sun and its rain.
hear more of your music Serenity and Michael where we find you websites let us know yeah um, you can go to serenityfisher.com that's Fisher F-I-S-H-E-R and that takes you to the band uh, if you want to find out more about my stuff it's michaelronstadt.com He's much more active <laughs> I'm much than more I am active. so check out Michael's Instagram <laughs> yeah, what is your handle Oh, it, uh, I, I forget. It's at michaelg.ronstadt. <laughs> yeah, so he does a lot on Instagram. And... I, I, I'm really good at Instagram. I forget yeah. everything. Uh, I'm not very good at it. But and then we, this, that song's on this album, recorded by my brother, Petey Ronstadt, who was on the show. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that was excellent. Really kind of haunting. <laughs> oh, very, very great. cool. Yeah, wow. very good. Thank you. All right. Well, again, that was Serenity Fisher and the Cardboard Hearts. Thank you guys so Wait, much I for got, being Wait, I got another key to the Thanks city. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you want it. You do not, Jerry. Okay, you do I got not. the combination. 27 to the right, 14 <laughs> to the left, 12 to the right. Write this down, Give, give him the combination. Yeah, need, that was great. No kidding. <laughs> Linda said no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For our exit this evening, we're going to listen to Michael with Irene. Good night. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, everybody. That was great. We're so glad you came by. Would you take us out on Hootie Ledbetter's Irene Good Night? We would love And to. Jerry Springer of the Jerry Springer TV show and who cut this album that I yeah. will be selling out of the trunk of my car for this $400. This could be a I career probably. highlight for you. He'll take $2. Yeah. He will sing verse two if you'll let him. Yeah. Well, He'll join you. All right, here we go. Jerry Springer.com.